and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook? Have you done a podcast before? No, no, oh, no, wow. I feel absolutely honoured, Karen, absolutely honoured. Uh, so the red light's rolling, and I'm joined today by Karen Crisp from Convey Technology. Uh, Karen, absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. How, on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you feeling? Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording this on uh, the Friday before the King's coronation. Um, uh, which obviously won't date date the podcast. It will date the podcast, but nonetheless, feeling very very excited for the second bank holiday on the trot. Have you got much exciting planned, Karen? We've got family coming round tomorrow for the, to watch the coronation, and we're going to have a like an afternoon tea party. Nice. So uh, lots of finger sandwiches and lots of cake. So what's not like, and maybe a bit of alcohol. So what's not to like? Yeah, absolutely. We're doing very similar. We're doing very similar with my family on Sunday, yeah. actually. Uh, tomorrow, we've, um, we'd book to go and see Russell Howard, comedian at uh, okay. uh, Nottingham. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to have that in Nottingham tomorrow. But uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to have like a bit of a coronation party on Sunday. So we're quite excited for that, which would be nice. And last weekend was Truckfest. So, um, yeah, it was just uh, there was a lot of a uh, lot of work related stuff going on. A bit of a bossman's holiday Truckfest. That's a problem. Yeah. Truckfest is always an excellent um, place event. You um, you know you get to see everybody you know in, in one place, but also you get to see the trucks and you get to see how proud everybody is of their trucks. That's it's a proper like you say a busman's holiday, isn't it? It's it's yeah. people do it for the love rather than because they have to on a truckfest, and you see that you see that very clearly. It's a nice celebration of the passion in the industry, actually. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you know certainly certainly from the sharp end, and I think it's a lovely way for. Um, you know, drivers and operators to let their hair down and socialise together and have a barbecue and a few beers and um, you know have uh, have a bit of fun. I think it's an important it's an important part of the industry. It's a shame actually they've stopped it at Peterborough. Uh, you know, this was the last one at Peterborough, and not, not of anyone's fault other than um, they're deciding to redevelop the showground at Peterborough. No, it's okay. And they're, they're Peterborough was the sort of the one of the key events because obviously they have them across the country, don't they? But Peterborough yeah. was always one of the biggest. Peterborough is, yeah, it was the original, yeah. So I think it's forty. I don't know if it's 40, 40 years old, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, they've been doing it every year for the last forty years. Uh, well, COVID, ex- COVID exempt, I think course, maybe. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, yes. Uh, they were clearly quite upset at having to move it, but they're moving it to Lincoln, Lincolnshire Showground. Which I think is even bigger, even bigger than uh, the East of England showground as it was Peterborough showground. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I've waffled on and I've not introduced you to our listeners, Karen. So uh, Karen and I have known each other probably for 12, 18 months, I think. Um, yeah, largely since I uh, first attended the the Chartered Institutes. Uh, logistics and safety forum uh, or the safety forum for the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport where um, where you uh, participate Karen yes, and um, it was a it was a pleasure and I think we've probably had this podcast in the pipeline all that time as well uh, yes. we've just struggled to struggle to uh, get get the diaries to align so um, Karen are you able to just explain sort of who you background is uh, uh your background in in the fleet sector is please come yeah so i've been in the in the transport sector for don't like to say it 25 ish years maybe maybe a little bit longer and um, i've always been passionate about the sector so i started off in a company called tachydisc many will have known from the tachograph charts so um, i started off sort of running the sales team a long time ago 25 26 years ago down there and um, soon became sort of a, a, during the course of the years became the MD and then but from a very early start at Tachydisc understood the reputation or the poor reputation that our industry had and how badly thought of we were and how we needed to support and um, help our sector and the drivers specifically. We quite early on in my career we'd have people ringing up Tachydisc saying my you know my but my boss is making me break the law what should I do and I remember thinking what sector have I joined 
<laughs> what am I, you know, yeah. what, what is this transport sector? And it's so critical to the, the, the UK, but, you know, it has a, people just see the trucks and the, you know, holding up motorways and, you know, truck drivers and truck calves and things like that, rather than the, 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 the good stuff that we do. So yeah. I, I sort of ran Tacadis for about 15 years and then moved on to FTA, or what is now Logistics UK. I was the commercial director there. And then from there, I moved on to the RHA, so the Road Haulage Association. I was commercial director there for a number of years. And for the last four years, I've been commercial director at Convey Technology. So throughout my career, I've always been a huge champion of the industry and sort of the sector. So through the trade associations or through a commercial outlet. So it's always been sort of, you know, commercial is my bag, but it's also about helping operators and of all sizes, especially the small to medium size operators, get the best out of, obviously legislation is legislation and they have to do what they have to do. But how can they use that information to get to get more, to do more with it and to benefit from it rather than it being a have to? And like I say, the, the sector, isn't always helped the way it needs to be helped. And it has always been the case. And even 25 years later, there's still people like ourselves who are trying to support the industry through the CILT, through the stuff we do in our own organisations, trying to just support and give and, and, and help operators get the best out of it and to just know what's happening, what's coming up, what, what changes are happening, whether it be the consultation on driver CPC, whether it be the next generation of smart tachographs that are due out in the next couple of years and all those other bits of legislation in between that are happening to operators, you know, and how can they deal with it and what's best for them. And each operator is slightly different. It'll be a different size. It'll be a different ilk, but they all have similar but the same challenges and how to adapt and use that information and intel and technology as we move into, you know, more technological world, how to get the best out of it, really. I think um, it's, a, it's certainly a fascinating career over uh, such a short period of time, Karen. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good to see that you've sort of stuck with it. And I, I, we'll move on to talking about um, technology and, and safety and, and improving compliance in the sector, which is obviously absolutely vital. But the first thing, I think, is in your 25 years, the, I think that there has been some progression in the industry, particularly around diversity. But how how has it been and how has it changed in the last 25 years from when you joined? There, there probably was very few women at the time and there probably still is very few in reality, but it must have improved some. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, lot better. I remember a long time ago going to the Motor Transport Awards in London um, in, in the summer and I was I was a guest of somebody and I, I turned up in the taxi and I was saying to the, the taxi guy, um, he said, you know, on your own. And I said, well, I'm meeting people there, but, you know, that's fine. And he's like, all oh, right, okay, you, you sure you're going to be all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I still, he says, there are many, you're meeting, you know, your, your friends, your female friends there. And I still know it's all business, you know, chat, chat, chat. We pulled up outside the Grover and it was just like wall to wall outside of black tuxedos. It was just men everywhere. And um, the taxi driver said, you, you know, you're going to be okay. I go, well, I'm sure I'll be fine. So I was actually a guest of the of the um, read, as it was then, one of the organisers. So I asked them the percentage of women at the event. And obviously that also included wives, girlfriends, you know, everything. And I think in that there was something like less than 10% of the people in the, in the audience at that point. You're talking you know, near circa 1,000 people at the event. It was a ridiculous amount of um low amount of females it has got a lot better and you've seen females on the stage and uh, presenting awards and collecting awards so it has changed incredibly but every year at an event like that where you get so many of our sector in one room regardless of who the commentator is they always make a comment about the, the sort of lack of diversity shall we say yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah that includes females so. and you know um all sorts of diversity, you know, age, but all sorts yeah. of different diversities, not just females. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, it was um, it was very interesting when um, even uh, we were both we were both actually exhibiting and obviously helped organise the most recent silk uh, safety conference. And um, one of my colleagues, Shani, is of Indian heritage. And even then, the, you know, a fee, an Indian female who was in her twenties, she was a very rare 
a very rare sight. Um, boxes, yeah. yeah, yeah, in the industry, which is um, well, it's you know, obviously, it's fantastic that we're starting to um, diversify, and I think it's great that you know, I believe in cognitive what I call cognitive diversity, which is where a lot of our issues and challenges can be solved by people with lots of different backgrounds and um, lots of different experiences who can help support um, support that too. So um, there's, been, I, I, there's been a lot so, of work with, um, sorry, there's been a lot of work um, and statistics that back up that a diverse team is a more successful team. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and it, like you say, it's exactly that. If, you, if you're all of the same um, kind, the same ilk, and even if it's all, you know, females of my cat or my age, if you put us all in the same room, we're going to have very similar views to a degree. You start, so it should be a mix of diversity from age, backgrounds, you know, gender. Put us all together and we'll make a good team. And that's where, you know, so they've got some real good stats about how that is proven to be successful rather than just a box ticking exercise of saying, hang on. You know, because I think for a while there was um, a trend of, you know, they had, they'd look at the FT100 and looked at females on the board and it was kind of, you know, that there aren't enough females on the board. So therefore it's like, oh, hang on, you're a female, you know, we'll, we'll employ you. Um, any, any female or anybody of any diverse um, sector will always tell you they want to be taken on or um, accepted for their ability not because of anything else. And it's trying to find that happy medium between, you know, being known for what you're good at and what you what you've achieved in your career rather than being known as one of the few women in our sector, you know, it's, it's quite. But on the next breath, um, I will tell you that I get remembered probably easier than one of my male counterparts because there's few of us. So it yeah. kind of, you know, it works both ways in some ways. That's, that's true. So there, there is a benefit in that respect. And it's yeah, a good thing yeah. I changed my camera, I must just say, because the camera that I was about to use is literally just... <laughs> yeah, it's just fallen off where I had it mounted. Um, just, uh, just quickly, finally touching on it, um, but more because I'm interested. It's something we chat about, and obviously we're on a podcast. So I'm going to chat anyway. Um, but you were recently at a, a women a women's event, weren't you, uh, last week? Which looked, you know, when when I looked at that, there's some really influential people from the from the sector at that event. So it was at GXO, I think, wasn't it? What yes, what was yes. what was the event? It was the Women in Logistics event, which is actually part of the CILT. And, and I must confess, it's the first time I've been to the event. Okay. I've um, in the past always avoided events of that sort of nature on the mm -hmm. principle of you don't have a men in logistics conference. So why would you have a women in logistics conference? Of course, yeah. And but I, there was actually a good lineup of, of, of speakers. It was at, like you say, at GXO um, offices in, in the Nestle site. So it's going to be an interesting tour. So I thought, do you know what? I will go, but I'll go with some reservation about, you know, what this or what, what this event is going to be. And I was incredibly impressed, so much so that I've actually started to see, to speak to the organisers to see how I can get more involved. The only thing I will say from the event, it was, an, it was a fantastic event. It was just a shame there was only women at it, if, if you know yeah. what I mean. The, 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 the discussions and the people talking, yes, we're all women, but the subject matter and what they had to say and their inspirational stories were relevant for everybody so it's just it, it felt almost like um, men couldn't apply because it was a women in logistics and I, I must confess if I saw a conference that said men in logistics I'd be like hmm, do I really want to go there the me can't anybody who knows me will go actually I would go to that because I <laughs> I like to stir things up a little bit but it's just this idea of it. by calling it women in logistics does that put off anybody yeah. else attending you know and the site there was fantastic the automation that they've they've done in that site was just mind-blowing so the speakers were inspirational and the tour and, and the site and everything else fantastic. was very good fantastic i think i think just an observation that i wanted to make before we move on to the tech side was that uh, and i know a lot of the people listening um so i believe our listenership Invo involves much more of the female demographic of the, that there are in the sector and i also think that so one of the things i've noticed from our networking and in particular the peer-to-peer -peer group for fleet geeks the peer-to-peer -peer group is a 40 percent women membership Brilliant. and that there's that much more openness to networking collaboration professional development that's clear there's you know that, that actually there's a greater proportion whilst there's such a um I, I guess a lower 
a lower percentage of women in the sector, but actually they're, they're such a more likelihood to want to progress and to uh, develop and to collaborate and work together and share ideas. I think that um, I think that's obviously a really positive thing and something that I really like as part of the Fleet Geeks yeah. and the peer-to-peer -peer group. They did, I think that's... they did say that at the event last week, actually. They were saying that females, and I'm not stereotyping, but females mm. in the general do yeah. tend to network easier. They do, it mm. is sort of more of their makeup than than sort of the other genders. So it's that idea of it. We naturally it feels more natural to do that. So when there's yeah. a networking event or some of the way where we can engage and um, do it in different platforms, whether it be a you know a, a organisations you've done like the Fleet Geeks and groups and forums, there tends to be more yeah. of us in there because we just that it comes more natural to us. And I think I think the networking and collaboration is something as a sector that should be and and you know very much embraced because I think it's to the benefit of the whole sector. Um, I think I think that collaboration cross cross um, you know across different businesses and and different um, you know so within the sector there's so many different disciplines or professions. Yes. For example, yourself in the tech side looking after software, and then there's people in the compliance side. That collaboration across the different services within the sector, I think, is is massively vital. Anyway, that leads us really nicely onto the tech side of stuff. So um, obviously your your role as commercial director, both at uh, Taco Disc originally, and 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 then on to um, your uh, roles with RHA and uh, latterly uh, Logistics UK too. You've been involved with a te technology as well. Has that always been a part of something? And seeing that involvement from us, from essentially analog to digital, and then obviously integrated systems where we're at now, that's been um, a real driving force in the sector. Yeah, I think. Personally, I've always been a bit of a gadget girl. I've always liked technology. I've always, you know, there's a new gadget. I, you know, Karen has to have it. And um, so that, I think that helps as well. But I think certainly from when I started at Tacticisk, you know, it's very much the wax coated piece of paper. And there was some background, there was some software being used in the background to do analysis. But, you know, it's all very much paper driven, etc. And then when Digital Tachograph came back, came in in 2006, people had this perception that um, Tachodisc was going to die because we had the generic name of a taco disc. When there was going to be no discs, then there would be no Tachodisc. And interestingly, just going back to your previous comment about the diversity of roles within the sector, Tachodisc at, at one point had production staff on the shop floor. We had analysts analysing the data. We had legal experts. We had a head of Tachograph Head Reconditioning Centre, so we had engineers. So even within Tachodisc, when I used to go out and speak to colleges about the sector and sort of in, uh, encouraging young people to come into the sector, you could take Tachodisc as a business on its own and see the diversity of roles just in that one business supporting the transport sector. And that's before you even got behind a truck. Mm. And then when digital tachographs came in, it was very much about how technology was going to replace the wax-coated chart and how that and that the nervousness that came into the industry around I, I even had friends who were truck drivers who'd say I've never I'll, I'll quit before I have to use a digital tachograph and you think, I understand this nervousness and I understand this you know this hesitation to embrace technology but that's a that's a bit severe and, and the same person turned around to me six months later and said this digital stuff is brilliant thank you so it's been very much from that start about how to help the sector embrace the technology, one that's been forced on them through the digital tachographs, but also what can that data now give you? So you'd have customers that would have, some customers have um, would have analysis done by a company, some people would have partial analysis, some people would do very little, but actually now you're having to have that information. What can you do with it? How can you use that intel and that information that you're being given to better improve your business not just to tick a box to say yes i'm being compliant because i have to be or you know i'm doing this report i'm downloading my data because i have to and so it's kind of started from there and then technology as you know, you've got telematics data you've got um fleet data that's coming from all sorts of different areas and we've, we've traditionally been a very paper-based sector you know even now i still you know even with what we do you know, a lot of companies we speak to, some very big size fleets are still doing a lot of their fleet maintenance, for example, on spreadsheets and wall planners. Um, mm -hmm. You know, 
timesheets of everybody's working hours, everybody's working hours is done on WhatsApp groups and, you know, bits of paper. So it's that idea of, you know, or somebody's very complex spreadsheet that if anybody messes up the formula, God knows what would happen, but it's that idea of it. So it's about how once they understand that the technology can support, not only support them, but actually add improvements to what they're doing, then there's a real embracement of embracement. Is that a word? I don't think it is. But they embrace the. <laughs> it is now. It is now. Yeah, just, just created it. There's a real embrace of the technology, and that why haven't we done it sooner? I was speaking to a customer the other day, and he's only got three vehicles, small operator, but he said, "I can't believe why people don't use the whole of the convey, the whole of the system, the whole of the, the whole of the, the system, and all the modules that are available." He said he just um, passed with flying colours a, a DVSA audit because um, everything was in one place. I mean, the technology made things so much easier for him that he he, he could sleep at night and yeah. he could be compliant at the same time. So it's that idea of, you know, once people understand what it can give them, it's like, why did I not do this before? But before then, it's a little bit, um, you know, but my spreadsheets always worked for me. So, yeah, yeah, so it's been about helping them to, like I said from the beginning, it's always been about, helping the sector regardless of whether you're one man band owner operator or you know have a thousand trucks how can we help you improve what you're doing and add benefit to, to you know your business and technology is the only way that can help that really not the only way but it's a huge part of it yeah it is there was um re reluctance to change is a real it's a real natural human trait and behavior anyway right and um it, it's made me smile because it's made me reflect on in implementing actually so one of our clients i initially implemented uh, an hr system which wasn't um obviously uh, specific to the sector and there was a reluctance to sort of embrace that initially you know it was like digital um a digital uh, request for holiday it was a uh, um uh, digital uh, uh, information around sickness absence and uh, handbook and bits and pieces and then i introduced uh, the convey system and um one of the colleagues who looks after one of the types of vehicles there has like a maintenance spreadsheet which is like the planner for the spread for a uh, spreadsheet planner for uh, for the maintenance and uh, I've been sort of coaxing along but look we've got the fleet module and actually I've been duplicating work now for a couple of months because I've been keeping the spreadsheet up to date and I've been keeping the maintenance up to date um, let me show you let me show you how the job planner works and um, we uh, we sat down to have a look at it and he goes Pete I'm just going to be honest with you I'm not a big fan of change so can we just stick with the spreadsheet and I'm like uh, and mate um, you know just let me show you let me show you how it works because i know you're a bit reluctant to change you go to change i don't like it. it smells a bit funny to me he's going and obviously he's being good natured about it but it's actually the truth right like there's that fear element what if something goes wrong what if it doesn't work what if it fails you know and obviously he's very diligent at what he does and uh, i said look no just trust trust me trust me let's have a look at you know let's have a look at how this works and as he looked at it he was like Oh, that's a lot quicker, isn't it? So like, yeah, it is a lot quicker. It's a lot more accurate, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I quite like that. Oh, oh, it automatically reschedules if we service something a bit early. Yeah, it does. Does it automatically? You don't have to go ticking different boxes. It just does it for you. Oh, oh, okay. And I think I think that reluctance to change, I think sometimes it's important to put the time in, isn't it, to demonstrate stuff and show people, uh, show people the new way of working. That's what makes it so rewarding as well. I think if we, if everybody was sort of like, yeah, this is going to be great. Where do I sign? It would be a bit boring. But it's that idea that because people come with such hesitance and sort of like, you know, and for me, technology. So on your, on everybody's spreadsheets, on everybody's bits of paper, the information is there, but you have to read it. You have to look into it. You have to understand what it's telling you and to highlight what what issues you need to do. Every business and in the transport sector is is stretched we've all every sector's got its challenges but transport has always had its challenges resources are tight in every business you know specifically in transport and there's always that balance between making sure that they're compliant and getting the goods out the door and you know actually doing what we need to do software and technology can help highlight the areas that you need to look at 
So it takes all that information that you've got on all that on all those spreadsheets and bits of paper and says, yeah, it's all there. Don't worry about all that bit down here. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that. Thank you very much. You've just saved me a time, loads of time. You've highlighted where I need to focus. Brilliant. I'll go off and do that bit and I don't need to look at everything else. And it actually makes transport managers' jobs or operators' jobs easier because it's helping do that for them, isn't it? It's telling them where they need to focus. And it's they're less likely to miss something. They're less likely to miss that an MOT was due last week because you know the system's going to warn them in advance that it's due and it will keep warning them until it's fixed and it will highlight it that it's not been done. If there's bits of paper missing from the from the you know maintenance, that it will let them know that there's there's paperwork missing from the job. So it's it's making sure the loop is closed always, you know, whether it be driver's hours law, whether it be fleet maintenance, whether it be walk around, you've got that complete audit trail all the way through and you can see where the gaps are and you can see where your inefficiencies are and also where you can make improvements. So ultimately technology, although it does cost more than paper, will always save you time and effort and money. It's, 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 it's a given every time. Hello, it's Sharni from Flagship Partners. We are really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. If you need expert advice or training for your fleet business, make Flagship Partners your first choice. We are really excited to announce the launch of our Transport Manager Academy with expert development for fleet leaders. We offer fully accredited initial Transport Manager CPC training, CPC refresher and operator license awareness training, as well as mentoring, support and professional development beyond the qualification. Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals. I think, I think, I think you're right, actually. It's the, it's the value, isn't it? It creates the value because one of the things in our sector is I don't think we really calculate the, 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 the time and value and motion of people in the sector. And um, also, like, the value of getting a good night's sleep, you know, and, and letting a powerful piece of technology show you the red and remind you of stuff so you haven't got to try and remember, um, I think is, is is massively powerful. And, you know, it, I think as a as an earned recognition auditor myself, the fact that the DVSA have embraced that in the earned recognition standard, you've got the two two key data sets, which are uh, the, the tachograph infringements for drivers on the one side and the MSIs and number of uh, number of shifts versus number of infringements and those ratios. And then you've got the other uh, key performance indicators around the maintenance and whether the service sheet's correctly signed off and whether it was done on time. Um, and th that data, again, we can literally show that. The, 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 you know, the software can literally show that in a table which is current live uh, real-time information, and that's what they're accepting as an insight into the level of compliance of a business. And um, exactly you, know, you just can't get that from paper. You just can't get that level exactly. of insight. Historically, driver's hours law, which is sort of where my background started, it's historical, isn't it? You People would check charts six months later because they had to, but what's the point? With technology, especially with things like remote downloading and walkarounds and, and, and the use of technology, you have, like you say, almost real-time information. Somebody's um, doing a walkaround outside and there's a defect, you can be alerted immediately. You know, you're not, you're not, you don't have to wait for somebody to tell somebody else a bit of paper to read and, you know, go through the chain. You can be notified immediately that a defect's been raised in your fleet. So it gives you much more beneficial information because like I say it's it's almost real time but then you, you're more likely to be able to make changes and improve things rather than just look at what I've done previously and oh that was bad or that was good but I can't change it because it's in the past so it's very much about moving forward the um, it's also secure so <laughs> slight aside um, a couple of months ago somebody um, bumped my car and smashed into the side of my car I had, a, had an accident and um, not, not my fault, but I thought I'd better go back and get my insurance documents. I knew my car was insured, but insurance companies don't send you documents anymore, do they? They email it to you. Could I remember my insurance company? Could I could I find the documents to ring somebody? It For that five minutes, I was concerned. I knew I'd got my car insured, but for that couple of minutes, I was panicking because I was thinking, I, ha I have insured my car, haven't I? Of course I have. Whereas on our system or, you know, on the Convey platform, you can log in anywhere in the world as long as you've got internet access and have that peace of mind and that confidence to know, actually, it's all there. 
I can go, like you say, you can sleep at night and you can see where the gaps are. It's interesting you mentioned earned recognition. We have an earned recognition module because we're accredited for both, both sides of the, of the earned recognition accreditation standard. 99% of customers that use the module only use it to benchmark themselves against the standard, but they don't send the information over to DVSA yet. Now, some of them are doing it because that's what they want to do, so they're working towards going for own recognition, but a lot of them are just using it to benchmark themselves against the standard to see how they're performing against what is the, 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 the end recognition standard for their own internal purposes. And I think that's a really good, you know, what does good look like? You know, if, if you're a transport manager, you're, you're talking to your boss and you're sort of saying, I've made these improvements. Well, how can you prove that? It's just the goods are still going out the door and you haven't had any you know, any bad things happen. But actually, through the, the KPIs of earned recognition, you can actually demonstrate what improvements you've made. There's, a, there's real power. There's real power in being able to have that real-time uh, real-time information. Interestingly, I was just thinking about another story where uh, one of my, well, a couple of stories actually. One of my, um, one of my operators who are currently on, and we're just transitioning them over to using um, the, the system. And they um, they use uh, paper defects at the moment and paper daily check uh, files. Yeah. And one of the one of the pushbacks and. It's, it's a well-intentioned pushback from the transport manager because he's concerned about his fleet productivity. So it's well-intentioned, but I don't think he really realises that the rationale probably isn't quite in the right place. But the, the pushback was, but if uh, if a driver defects something and they're not able to repair it, then they're going to be like parked up. And I was like, right, okay. And how's that different to how things are working with your paper forms? Well, with the paper forms, we don't find out about the defects until the end of the week. Ignorance like, of bliss. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay. I was like, you do understand what you're telling me, don't you? Because I, I know I know you mean to do a good job and you want your vehicles to be safe, but you do understand what you're saying. I know, what am I saying? And I was like, well, it's a little bit of the old ostrich syndrome, that, in yeah. that I know there might be defects, but I haven't got to worry about until the weekend. Well, the fact that they're live means at least you no, <laughs> and knowledge is power. <laughs> well, yeah. knowledge, I don't know, the old thing about knowledge is power. I think knowledge is protect, uh, potential power. It's about the application of the knowledge yes. to ensure. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was a really interesting uh, a really interesting chat. But then just another, you know, another side note for me, you know, just from a, when we talk about how technology can aid safety, and it's just a minor point, but, I picked up on a so I do a bit of health and safety consultancy as well as, as transport consultancy. And um, I picked up one of our clients. They have they have ladders on the back of their box vehicles to help them with part of their work when they're transporting to and fro. Um, and they, they need to carry carry ladders with them. And uh, one of the things was was they weren't inspecting their ladders. Now from a working at height point of view, that's a real challenge that they're not necessarily checking them or recording that they've checked the ladders pre-use and um, that's a good way of protecting the business and protecting themselves in the case of an incident so um, we, we sort of thought about how we were going to roll that out and the beauty of using a digital system was that right there and then for every check moving forward I was able to add the ladder check to the daily check and it just went it synced to the system and off it went um, however, if you imagine the laboriousness of putting that onto a paper defect sheet and buying 250 copies uh, to make it worthwhile and to find someone to make the edit and the cost involved and the, the, the pain in that probably doesn't make it worthwhile even doing. But actually, the, the ability to just make that real-time change that will have potentially have a really big impact because now you're confident that actually every day the ladders are getting checked, they're being signed as safe to use, um, you know, and that if someone falls off a ladder and causes themselves a serious injury, um, then it's not for lack of the, having the right management process in place. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing that, isn't it? It's interesting you were saying about people's perception of time, because when remote downloading first came in, we would have so many people saying, oh, I'm not paying for that, I'm not paying for a, you know, a black box to be fitted into my truck. How much? Oh, hang on. It's all right, because what I do is I send John out on a Saturday in the van and he drives around the country and he manually downloads all the vehicles and then drives back. So it's all right. I've got it covered. You go, well, how much is that costing? Oh, it's not costing me anything. He already works for me. 
<laughs> it's, it's the same sort of principle, isn't it? So, you know, you've got all these bits of paper in the cupboard which have got all your defects on, but who's actually looking at them? Years ago, even sort of when we used to do, you know, analysis 25, 30 years ago, we would print out a report and we would go and deliver it and it would be in a brown envelope and sort of, you know, we'd go and deliver it and they would put it on top of all the other brown envelopes that we produced with the reports. And you could just see they've not looked at it because it's old data. So, when, you know, what's it telling them? They've ticked a box, they've got analysis. What What's the point of looking at that? Unless there's anything, you know, which we would have told them about if there's anything sort of, you know, significant. But it was still their job, their, their uh, responsibility to, you know, to have that data and to check it. It's no point just having it and then not doing anything with it. And it's a little bit like, like that with the um, the information we get now. Some people turn around to me and say, well, I'm, you know, if, once I, if I have that data, I'm, I can be prosecuted. You know, I know it's it's there. It's a bit like, you know, um, speeding. You know, would you want everybody to know your speed of your vehicle at all times? Well, actually, it might make you not speed. But it's if you have the information, you've got to do something with it, haven't you? You know, you, but by having the information, you can do something with it. Um, and like you say, we, with, with systems like ourselves and, and others out there, you can go completely paperless. You can literally remove all paper from, from what you would normally carry out and everything is online. And you can see who's done what, who's done the, you know, who's spoken to the driver on infringement, where was he, what, what, is, you know, what, lo what location he was, as well as when it was done and how it was quickly it was done. And then the system will flag up if infringements are outstanding and they haven't been closed down. You were talking about health and safety before. I was talking to a, a client last week. They're using our walk-around check, and they want they have a, a rather a, a complicated business, of, and there's a lot of risk in the business. And they have set up the system so not only are they being notified when a defect is raised, but the health and safety guy also gets. But he doesn't want the health and safety guy doesn't want to know about every defect. But he does want to know about health and safety related defects to do with the, the plant or the, the, the vehicle that they're checking. So in your case, it would be the ladders. You know, doesn't need to know that a bulb's gone at the, tr the front of the truck, but does need to know if there's a health and safety matter related to um, to the check. So we're able to sort of notify different people for different things uh, through the reporting system. So that's quite interesting. Yeah, that's really powerful. That's really powerful. I guess sort of just to sort of tie this piece up, if people are listening and they haven't got one an integrated digital system, or if they are still using paper in part of their business, obviously I know I'm the challenges I'm aware of that people come across will often be the drivers are a bit reluctant to to, to go with the uh, the digitization. Uh, um, uh, oh, they you know they don't know how to use a phone correctly. Well, in reality, most of them have probably got Facebook and are probably just pulling a fast one because it's easy yeah. to do paper. Um, but what, um, what I guess, a quick question, really, what what are the challenges that you see people come up with when they try to go digital as a fleet? And what what sort of ways have you come across people being able to tackle that stuff to allay any fears? Yeah, so I think the drivers is a, is, is a big one, and especially for things like walk around. Because um, you know, and lack of investment with the drivers. So you've got twofold. You've got the drivers sort of being nervous, and um, due to the average age of our industry for truck drivers, it's well. Um, last I heard a couple of years ago, it was sort of the average age of a truck driver was sort of still 55, 56. So you know, you've got right, this, yeah, mid fifties, yeah. Yep. Um, so they've got this reticence to sort of use technology. We haven't yet. So we've had many customers who want to use our system and come to us and say, yeah, but we've got these drivers, see the you know, I'm going to struggle. We say, okay, give us you what the driver you think will be the most challenging, and let's let him use the system. And to this point, we haven't had one single company or driver come back and say, actually, you know, Fred couldn't couldn't get it to work or didn't like it. Every single one has come back and said, actually, they really they found it really easy. So one of the the benefits, I suppose, from technology is making sure that it's it's user friendly because you can have the best bit of kit in the world, but if the user can't use it. It's going to fall over, isn't it? So one of the things we're proudest of at Convey is that our software is very user, very user friendly. And I know we're going to say that, but it is because if it if it, if it wasn't, it wouldn't work in the in 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 place where in the in situation. So it's about that. It's about empowering the drivers and the the rest of the business to understand what it's going to give them. So again, we've we've um, 
through our driver app. Not only can you do your walkarounds, but you can see your, your infringements. If you go down that route, you can see your performance score. You, there's a lot of things you can see. You can see your TACO data. And when we first um, launched this many, many years ago, we had quite a few big operators say to us, oh, drivers wouldn't want to see that. But actually, drivers have embraced seeing their own information. It's a much more, um, they're more likely to learn from the information. So if an infringement happened yesterday and they've got remote download and they can see about it today, they can say, ah, I can see what I did yesterday. And I can see what graduated fixed penalties that could possibly have incurred. I can see what that's caused. I can see how that's affected my performance within the business. Right, OK, I understand that. Whereas historically, drivers always, well, you wouldn't get that information for like weeks, you know, beforehand. And then it's, I can't remember what I did yesterday, never mind. And, you know, four weeks ago. So I think the drivers is, is one part. Customers are always a bit nervous and on actually implementation and how they're actually going to roll it out because they've got paper before and now they're you know, going to move over to technology. So it's very much about making sure that you're helping support. You know, we don't just get sign people up and say, there you go, off you go. I, I know you're, you're the same. It's very much about making sure that you you support that operator and however they need to be supported. Whether you have a champion within the business who is, you know, the sort of train the trainer who's going to help implement. But we quite often do where we, if there's numerous depots, we might implement it in one of the depots first, get them to understand how it's worked, make sure they're comfortable with it and then roll it out to different depots. Obviously, we've got the different modules. Some customers take all of the modules and sign up for them all in one go and are quite happy to do that. Some customers prefer to take one module at a time, so it feels like they're, they're in control of how that happens. And we work with each customer differently, depending on what works for them. But it's very much about helping them understand what their challenges are and what they need to you know, help get through. Some of it is about getting that um, cost signed off with higher ups. That, that's usually a lot of it. So again, it's about helping justify, yes, Paper, my paper book's going to cost me three pounds, but this is going to cost me X, you know. But it's about understanding the benefits that go on top of that, not just a like for like comparison about, you know, a paper book versus an electronic walk around. But it's, the, the hesitation is normally around um, technology with the drivers. It's usually the, you know, the drive, I want to do this, but the drivers don't have their smartphones yet, you know, they don't have technology. Yeah, I think, um, I think the key thing is, and certainly I'd echo your experience, and that is that. We've helped implement the system with a lot of our clients and, and nothing really is insurmountable. You know, ultimately it's going to, you know, the long-term benefit for the business is huge and, the, you know, the, the the challenges are quickly outweighed and quickly quickly overcome as well. I think if people are a bit uncertain, then they need to just be reassured that there's uh, certainly often quick solutions. So um, fantastic. Thank you, Karen. And I think, so just one of the things that I wanted to just discuss as we sort of start to think about... Why do I get you're going to throw me a curveball? I just got to say, you're going to throw me like a it, mad curveball question. <laughs> I'm ready hopefully not. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping <laughs> not. But um, obviously, we, we were keen to talk about the, the um, safety through technology and um, uh, obviously your background. And, and I, I'm really keen to hear, you've stuck around for 25 years. Yeah. Which is what a trick, what is a tricky industry, right? Um, tell me a bit about what it is that makes you so passionate about the transport and fleet sector. What is the not to love about our sector? I just think it's it's an amazing, an amazing sector full of such passionate, interesting people. I've worked in many sectors, but I think the transport sector, and you find that with transport, you either you have people who come into transport and kind of go out quite quickly, but if you if you join transport and stay, you know, for a little while, you stay forever. It, 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 yeah. And that's how our sector works. It's very much, there's some, I, I kind of, if you ask the general public, you know, do they understand what a lorry driver does and, you know, how, you know, what the transport sector does? Of course they do, you know, but they don't really. They have no concept of how hard work in this sector is and how passionate everybody is. And like we said before, it's very much about, Transport isn't just people behind the wheel. It's every sector in between, isn't it? You know, like this site I went to last week, um, which is the Nestle, Nestle GXO site, walking around that and seeing how they pack coffee, you know, chocolate bars, how they actually get that from out in the warehouse 
down to delivery was a fascinating concept. So it's just that idea. So the scale, the types of roles, but it's mainly the people. You can't you can't beat our sector for sort of the, the levels of passion and, and, and characters. There's quite a few characters in our sector. Yeah, definitely a few of those. I find it really humbling when I... Yes. So one, one of the things that really blows my brain, so I find really humbling, is seeing the sheer volumes, the volumes of stuff, like the chop, like just like the logistics of our economy, of the UK. It makes you just realise how much of a small sniff we really comprehend. And we're just a small island in the matter of the world in, in yeah. the UK. And um, just the the sheer enormity of the supply chain and the logistics of getting stuff to people and consumer goods to people and you know whatever it is that we're we're shifting around even and, and I think I think that's also such a fascinating thing around our sector is that we're linked by largely by HGV drivers HGVs themselves but actually how diverse the sector is as well because anything of any volume is this sector touches and you end up i i i find it lovely because i get to see such a diverse range of businesses that i work with from the waste sector to distribution to construction to you know i get lovely insight into all manner of funny business, events companies you know yes. and just like the, the insights i get certainly as a consultant and trainer are, are fascinating and uh, i'm sure it's much the same for you because your clients will be from all sectors, all walks of life, that that are kind of joined by this legislation, which requires the the services that we offer. Um, I, spoke to, I spoke to a guy the other week, and he um, he said, oh, Karen, I can't really talk at the moment." And I said, "It's no problem. I'll, I'll call you back." I said, "I was only just catching up." And he said, "It's all right." He said, "We're clearing up after the marathon." <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was his, that was that was what they were doing. It's it's why I'm like a bit like is it the hummingbird that um, bird that sort of fiercely fights and defends its sector, its its, its territory. That's that's why I'm so passionate about sort of championing what we do and, and and speaking up at not just industry events but outside of our sector. You know, colleges and schools and and sort of outside of our sector to understand. You know, like you say how hard we've always been a very resilient sector. We've always been a very determined sector. There's been a driver shortage in our sector for as long as I can actually remember. It peaks and it troughs, but it it's always been there. And now we've got and not just drivers, but a complete skills shortage, and that's always been a been a challenge. But we always survive. That this the sector just we 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 might whinge about it, and we might sort of go, you know, this, this isn't good. You know, we've either, we've always been, you know, we've always had really low margins. We've always had really tough challenges, and that's just got worse. Like you say, you know, years ago you'd order something online, and it would come within like a week, two weeks, seven days, five days. Now I, I'm the world's worst. I go to Amazon. If it isn't going to arrive tomorrow, I don't want it. And I know I work in the sector. I know how challenging that is going to be for the sector. But I've just as a consumer. You know, we all want our raspberries in the middle of winter, but we also now want our delivery on a Sunday, you know, 24 hours. That's what we expect now. So our expectations as a consumer are intense compared to what they used to be. But our sector is just, it's like a swan, isn't it? You know, from the top, it's graceful and underneath it's paddling like billio. It's a little bit like that. Our sector has had to really step up. And, you know, we, 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 the sector got recognition during COVID, you know, there was sort of, you know, truck drivers were, uh, you know, the champions as well as the, obviously the NHS. And as soon as the COVID's finished, it's like, oh yeah, there's a, you know, and we've still got issues with um, poor facilities for drivers and, you know, toilets and, and secure parking and stuff like that. So we've still got a hell of a lot of challenges. And like you say, even though it's a tough industry to work in, everybody is still so passionate about it and so you know resilient and and, and does an incredible job and and that's like you say it's what makes our our industry just so so amazing it's the people totally agree complex complex demanding and passionate there you go yeah awesome awesome um karen you've been an absolutely fantastic guest i hope you've enjoyed the podcast i hope you've enjoyed recording it I, yes, as long as I just as long as I forgot I was being recorded, I was absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, you, this is your opportunity to do a bit of a pitch. Uh, like, how people get in touch if they want to find out more about Karen and Convey? Where Where do they go? 
Yep, and obviously with website, uh, Convey Tech, and obviously I'm on LinkedIn as Karen Crisp, so drop me a line if you need any help. I think um, we're there to help and we're there to support. We're, we, we have an incredible platform. We're incredibly good at what we do, but I'm going to say that, aren't I? So I think it's very much about speak to people who use our system, speak to people like yourself who are our partners, who you know are working with us because of the platform that we've got. I think one of the things that is worth mentioning as well, from our system, we don't tie people into contracts unless they, they obviously you want to sign a contract, you're more than welcome. And we have many of our customers who have signed contracts because that's what they want. But from a risk and reward point of view, we don't actually require anybody to sign up for long-term commitments. So if you want to try our software, you're not going to sort of go, well, hang on, I'm going to take a bit of a risk here and a bit of a punt by signing up for a two-year contract and I hope to God it's going to do what they said it's going to do. Um, we very much stand by what we do in the sense of, you know, you can walk away from us. We just invoice you at the end of the month so you can walk away, you know, if you're not happy. We've also backed that up with excellent support. Although the business is quite a new business, we've been going about seven years now, everybody at Convey has worked in the sector for a very long time. We've all come from uh, different backgrounds. So, yeah, so we've all worked in tachograph compliance and driver and vehicle compliance for a long time. But yeah, so uh, happy to help anybody who wants help. Fantastic. And I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just back you up there because flagship partners are a partner of Convey. Um, we're big fans of the of the system and we've used all the systems because we've had customers on all of the different compliance and taco analysis and driver check type systems and convey is the most integrated and advanced and uh, got the best backup too it's absolutely fantastic so uh, congratulations on a fantastic product i'm hoping you're still there Cam, yes, the developers in the background, they'll, they'll, I'll let them know. <laughs> oh, can they hear? Can they? Oh, fantastic. No, right, no. okay. I don't want to I'll make them too big-headed. don't want to make yeah, them too no. big-headed. I just, I'll just um, do all the talking and they, they do all the hard work. <laughs> um, but thank you uh, thank you for joining me um, listeners I hope you've enjoyed it um, please do come along to the Fleet Geeks networking um, Karen's off in there so you can meet her face to face and um, or virtually at least um, but yeah so please do come along to the networking and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast thank you very much for joining me Karen and uh, yeah see you all guys all very soon brilliant thank you I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.